Today, I'm going to share with you a someone that I know we all know it, but I want us to refresh our minds and challenge our minds and think about it and compare it also with another sermon and see if it is going to give us the same message. So my message is going to come from 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 1 to 7. And I'm going to compare it with Exodus 14, 21 to 31. Second Kings chapter 6, verse 1 to 7. That's the first part. And the second reading is Exodus, 20, uh, Exodus 14, 21 to 31. So I'm going to start by reading 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 1 to 7. And then I will read the other one later. So just put your finger somewhere there and uh, wait and we'll read together. 2 Kings 6, 1 to 7. The command of the prophets said to Elijah, Look, the place where we meet with you is too small for us. Let us go to the Jordan where each of us can get a pole and let us build a place there for us to meet. And he said, Go. Then one of them said, Would you please come with your servants? I will, Elisha replied. And he went with them. They went to the Jordan and began to cut down trees. As one of them was cutting a tree, the iron axe said, fell into the water. Oh no, my Lord. He cried out. It was borrowed. The man of God asked, where did it fall? When he showed him the place, Elijah cut a stick and threw it there and made the iron float. Lift it out, he said. Then the man reached out his hand and took it. All right, so let's go to Exodus. Strength reading today. Exodus chapter 14, verse 21 to 31. Exodus chapter number 14, verse 21 to 31. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground. With the wall of water on their right and on their left, the Egyptians pursued them and all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. During the last watch on the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptian army and threw, into the con- into co- threw it into confusion. He jammed the wheels of their chariots so that they had difficulty driving. 
And the Egyptians said, let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and their horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the daybreak and the sea went back to its place. The Egyptians were fleeing toward it and the Lord swept them into the sea. The water flowed back and covered the chariots and horsemen. The entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea. Not one of them survived. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. That day the Lord saved the Israelites from the hands of Egyptians and the Israel and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. God bless you. Thank you so much, Dennis, for that. All right, let's go back to our reading. They don't even match a bit. Looks a bit funny for me to have those two passages. But, well... We just have to obey what the Spirit of the Lord says. So when you lose your cutting edge. Now look at the first passage that we read. First, uh, Second Kings chapter 6 verse 1 to 7. It's a very interesting story here about prophets and Elisha. So what did they want to do? They wanted to build a church. They agreed that it is time to build the church. And I want to use this one in a practical way. So in my sermon today, I'm going to use it uh, as an example of putting Denise and Ross as leaders of Talbot and Ronnie and Matt as the leaders from where? Bialaba. Bialaba. So I'm just thinking of it this way. Imagine now, we are here worshiping and serving the Lord and Denise and Ross and Matt and Ronnie, they feel, oh, we can't have enough of our worship here. We think this place is just so small for us. We need to move away. We need to plant a church. And so they decide they're going to talk to their Elijah. Who is who? Who is their Elijah? Stuart. Stuart. So they go and talk to him. Let's hope that Stuart has that grace of listening and, and, and accepting what is being requested. So Ronnie and Matt, they go and talk to Stuart and they say, we feel like it is time for us now to move. We need to start doing something. And Stuart says, sure, we're going to plant the church in Vienna and we're going to help with that. And they go with Stuart and then Matt decides, okay, I'm going to go, to, I'm going to ask Dennis to let me with this car accept so that you can go and cut the trees there so that you can have poles to build the church in Bialaba. So Dennis says, and make sure you bring it back. <laughs> and so, Matt goes there and he's so busy cutting the wood. He doesn't 
doesn't want to know what is going on. He's concentrating on the wood. He's not even bothered whether Stuart is looking at him or anything else is happening. He's just cutting the wood. And then all of a sudden, the accent falls. And then he realizes, now this is what Dennis said. Make sure you bring it back. <coughs> what am I going to do? Then Ronnie says, you better talk to Stuart because... You can't just go and tell Dennis that it fell into the water. So, Matt goes to Stuart and Stuart says, where did it fall? And the miracle happens. So that's how it happened. Let's go back to the passage now <laughs> before I continue. <laughs> okay. So, this People, they saw the need to build the church, which was so good. And that's something that we can relate with ourselves as Water City Church, Inc. And we all know that for us to plant a church or to build a church, we need to have great foundation. And there's those things that are needed for that. In our case, you might say, oh, no, Bialaba, they've not even built any church. But they had to build their church in Bialaba because they need that strategies. They have to set the strategies to start, okay, we're going to start a campus. So how are we going to have it? Are we going to have it at the same time? Are we going to have it on a Monday because we have Sundays occupied? And so there are strategies. And so these are ways that we use to build the church. Going back to the passage, as they were talking about building the church, they decided that everybody needs to bring a call. So, what does this mean when you look at the passage? It means that uh, everybody has to sacrifice their time and sacrifice their resources and their energy plus their prayers so that when whatever they are going to do, it will work out well. If we want to build God's church, we must be ready to sacrifice ourselves personally. We must be ready to sacrifice through labor, through finances, and also through prayers. Look at verse 3. They requested that the master would be there. And they felt that it would have been good if Elijah was with them. And that was a very wise decision. Why did they request to have Elijah with them? Then one of them said, Would you please come with your servants? I will, Elisha replied. And he went with them. It was very, very good idea that they requested Elisha to go with him because they felt they would do well under the coverage of Elisha and also having him there with them. They believed that if Elijah was there with them, as well as them cutting the poles, he would be praying and interceding for them. And Elijah was there with them. And they made progress. 
And this encourages me. It tells me that when you have the servant of God with you, it means that God's presence is also with you. In everything we do, if we want to prosper, we need to invite the presence of God to be with us all. Verse 5 is where the drama starts. He lost his power of service. The axe axe head fell and it was borrowed. You know, it is too tough to lose something that does not belong to you. Because you are the custodian and you must take good care of it. Imagine Matt has gone to Dennis and borrowed this accent and then Matt loses it. And he feels so frustrated. And I know Matt, out of the way he behaves, he's someone who is always very responsible. If you give him a pen, you make sure he brings it back to you. He won't lose it. Trust me. If you give him two sausages and you want them back, he will bring them back to you. The same is with Dennis. He's a good painter. But he's also an accountant and an auditor. Whatever he gives to you, he will tell you, make sure you bring it back. Even now, borrow him a pen. He'll say, this is my pen. Use it, but make sure you bring it back. So this guy loses his accent and he, he feels so bad because it was borrowed. And so he goes to Elijah and tells him, Elijah is a great man, a prophet and successor of Elijah. He's a mentor. He's trying to mentor this young group that is growing up. The young men lived in a location that was too small for them. So they approached Elijah and requested permission to expand their dwelling place. And Elijah grants them their request. And so the sons decide to cut down these trees near Jordan River so that they can build a larger place to live. And then as they were cutting these trees, the accent falls. Why do you think that it fell down? Personally, I think this guy was so busy cutting He concentrated on cutting the tree. He didn't check to see if the accent was okay or it was coming loose or anything. He didn't even bother to know if Elijah was watching him or not. He was busy cutting the tree. And the same is happening to us as Christians. Yes, we are saved. We have Jesus in our hearts. And every day we have this life going on. Things are becoming so tough. And we are praying, but... As well as praying, we come to a point that we feel now it's not about waiting upon the Lord. It's also us taking action. So we are busy doing our things, trying to get all the medications organized, trying to make sure that all our building is organized. And we forget to ask for the Holy Spirit to guide us. We forget that Elijah is still watching, is there with us. 
We forget to look at the tool that we are using, whether it's loose or not. And then it falls down. And then that's when you realize, oh, I wish I was checking on that. We are so much planning for Christmas, thinking about what to buy. And we forget to pray to God that he will guide us in this journey. We forget to pray God for safety, good health. We forget to serve God, even to give to God because we want to give ourselves the best. So we forget that and concentrate on this thing that we want to do. Anyway, the axe head falls down in, into the water and sinks. Any steel that gets into water doesn't float, it sinks. <laughs> so the young man cries to Elijah, explaining to him what has happened. Then Elijah responds, asking where it fell in water. And this young man shows him, and Elijah throws a stick into the water. And this causes the axe head to float on the surface. Now, the lost axe head has been recovered. And this is a miracle. And holds a big and great significance. Let's talk about the axe head. It is the cutting edge of the tool for productivity. Represented by the young man's ability to work effectively and fulfill his responsibility. But when he lost it, what did that imply to us? Or what does that imply? It, it represents the moments in our lives where we lose our effectiveness, passion, and spiritual zeal. The Holy Spirit is our cutting edge for service. My question is, where is your concentration? I'm imagining this guy cutting the tree. Maybe he made a rhythm. And he was enjoying cutting it. And his concentration was just on cutting, but he didn't look at what was going on around. But when it fell and sank, I'm very sure this, the rhythm stopped. We get to thinking we are so important and we focus on ourselves more than God. The big trees they needed to use in this project, they grew along the edge of Jordan River and it was all muddy. And when the accent fell, this guy was shocked and he felt like he would, not, he would not even get it back. He felt stressed. And his mind came to a standstill. And he was thinking on how he's going to repay the owner about uh, pay, paying back. But he decided now he's going to cry out to his master was Elisha. And that is what happens. You are busy doing things and all of a sudden something happens. And I always ask myself, is it 
God's plan or Satan's plan or is, is it just normal? Now, if I may ask, and I don't know the answer, do you think that the axe had fallen into water was God's plan or Satan's plan? Don't answer me. <laughs> but I'll, I'll give you the answer. I, I think it was God's plan on one side. It was Satan's plan on the other side. But I think it was a reminder that God wanted him to realize that his servant was around and is the one who can organize everything. He doesn't have any power. So he took everything to himself. He forgot about God. And when the Lord is not there, remember Adam and Eve. When God's presence was not there, what happened? Eve got deceived. Satan got the chance. So the presence of God moves, presence of Satan comes in. And that happens to every Christian. Because sometimes when we feel like we are doing very well, we forget about God and we just want to do our things independently. And then all of a sudden things happen the other way around. Oh, I better go back to God. God, you know how much I love you. The man was working so hard, but he forgot that the power source was gradually slipping away. And that was a very common thing. They were doing this, thinking that they are doing it in the right way. And the others, I believe, they were wise. They kept checking their tools. But this guy's tool misbehaved, and it was borrowed. Elisha's action. He didn't say, what happened? He didn't blame him. Why are you not checking on it? No, he didn't do that. Elisha had faith, and he relied on God. And he searched God's intervention in this. He didn't give up. He didn't even show the guy, oh no, what are we going to do? No. He was calm. And they asked him, where was it? And he felt the Lord was going to help him. And so, after this guy talked to Elijah. Elijah asked him, and he just took a stick and pointed, and it was recovered. Now, after this one, I'm very sure that the, the sons or the prophets, they were so grateful that the, 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 that the, the accent was found, or it was floating, and they could get it, and Everything was going on well. But it also gave them another thing to, to think about. That despite all what is happening, despite losing the cutting edge or the accent, God was still able to retrieve it and restore. So they were encouraged that they should not give up when challenges arise. The same with us Christians. Sometimes things are not so good. Sometimes we feel we've tried all we can. 
We've been praying all the much we can pray and nothing is happening. We should not give up. In fact, when things are turning not so good, keep praying and end up even thanking the Lord for opening this opportunity because out of it, there's going to be a testimony. Let's go back to the, uh, the other chapter of Exodus 14, 21 to 31. It talks about the Israelites escaped from Egypt. And we know the story. They were led by Moses. And this was after enduring slavery for many years. And the Bible says that as they were journeying, they looked ahead and they could see Red Sea. And when they looked behind, they could see Pharaoh's army following them in chariots. And so the Israelites were so worried because it's either we get into the water and die or we stay here and the army finds us and kills us. And they were a bit worried. But Moses was firm. And he was waiting for God's voice and God's command. And as they approached the sea and they got there to the sea, God's command to Moses was stretch out your hand over the sea. And the strong wind blew all night, driving the waters of the Red Sea. And the waters separated and they walked in to cross. And the Bible says the Egyptians' army followed because they were commanded by Pharaoh to follow the Israelites. So they ran into the sea together following them. But as they were getting in, the Bible says the soil and the muds was getting stuck into their chariots and their horses and it was tough on them. And Moses was already on the other side and he stretched his hand and the waters came back together. And they all died. Not even one survived. What do we learn about that? Again, we see there is God's power and faithfulness. We see God's supernatural power and intervention on behalf of Israelites. We learn also we need to trust the Lord in times of uncertainty. The Israelites, they were feeling like they are going to lose it because the army is following them and they are heading to the sea. But Moses was with them and he knew what he's going to do. And this encourages us to have faith and trust in God even in difficult times, knowing that he will make a way when it seems impossible. The third thing we learn about this is liberation from slavery. The Israelites, they had accept, uh, escaped from Israel, which symbolized liberation from slavery and oppression. And this was to teach us the importance of freedom and the pursuit of justice in our own lives. Reminding us to stand against any form of injustice and strive to uh, achieve personal and collective 
liberation. The consequences of disobedience. It's the last thing that we learned from this chapter. That the Egyptians pursuit of the Israelites, despite the plagues they had witnessed, and the clear signs of God's intervention, demonstrate the consequences of ignoring God's warnings and persisting in wrongdoing. And that's what we do sometimes. God, God wants us not to do things and we just want to do it even though we know it is wrong. We cannot mix the presence of God and the darkness of the devil. In summary, the story is talking about uh, the story pertaining the Red Sea in Exodus and the story about uh, about the cutting edge in Second Kings, they all have one similarity. That we can see there's God's power, trust, liberation, and obedience. And also we need to have that unwavering faithfulness to God and hope that we can find his divine intervention. My question to you is this. When do we turn back to God? Is it all the time or only the time when we are in difficulty times? We need to turn to the Lord all the time. Turning to God in times of spiritual decline and taking personal responsibility for regaining our spiritual passion and effectiveness. No matter how long we have lost our cutting edge, God is able to restore it. You can trust his power and provision as we actively seek him, recover our zeal and effectiveness in serving him. We can all find restoration, renewed passion, and greater productivity in his service. And I have seen this personally in my life. And that's why I love the song, Goodness of God. God has been so faithful to me. Even when things look tough. At times I remember when my dad was there. I mean, things were tough, I would just call dad, dad, this is not happening. And dad would encourage me. But now dad is not there. God is there as a friend and as a father. And he's always there for us 24-7. All my life, God has been so faithful. And I just want to serve him. And I want to encourage you. Join me in this journey. Let us serve the Lord. Trust him in every situation. And he will make ways right for us. God bless you. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast by Wattle City Church. If you Google Wattle City Church, you'll find us on Anchor, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, and a whole bunch of other platforms. Feel free to listen. We pray that you'll be encouraged by this message and by other messages that you listen to. We praise God and we pray blessings upon you in Jesus' name. Amen.